Good morning and welcome to this Monday's podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. And of course, a very warm welcome to those of you who are new. We are delighted to have you on board. This is yet another episode brought to you from outside in the November sunshine uh, and a relatively warm temperature. If you're English, you'll understand uh, the mini weather reports. If you're not and wonder why English people always seem to be waffling on about the weather, well, it's because it is so unpredictable. Our weather and our winters are rarely as cold as some of yours, but they're always damp, even if it's not raining. I personally prefer cold to damp. So, anyway, this November, as we are currently at the moment, this weather is a godsend, and it makes our winter horsey chores so much easier. So today's episode is The Curse of Tutankhamun, Part 3. But, before we embark on that journey, I have something else I would like to tell you. Now, on our website, www.equinedevilsadvocate.com, or one word, some of you may know, we have a Contact Us page. Now, on that page, you are invited to submit a specialist topic of your choice that you may like to put forward for discussion. Well, we have had a request, and it's from a lady in Canada. Now, this lady's name is Laura, and she actually has a horsey YouTube channel called Day by Day Vlogs. Day by Day is actually all one word as well. Um, so many thanks to us, uh, from us, I should say, to Laura for putting forward her question. It's actually, it's a very, very good question and a very invoking one. Um, and we think certainly one that we can probably all relate to at some point in our horsey journey. So because of this question and um, because it is a specialist topic request, we are going to do a midweek special on Wednesday the 15th of this week. The title of that podcast will be Team Stella or Team New Horse. And you are, of course, all very welcome to have your say. We are, after all, a debate platform and all thoughts and experiences are most welcome. You can put your vote on the website, uh, www.equandevilsadvocate.com, via email. Choose your page. Hot Stuff will be Team Stella. Biscuit will be Team New Horse. And Koya will be Team Both, Stella and New. You may, of course, also leave your comments or vote on Podbean or Facebook. Now... Before you do that, I have a request of you all. Wait, just wait, till after listening to this Wednesday's episode and just see if you haven't changed your mind and your vote. Now, on Sunday the 19th, we will publish the follow-up episode. Again, it will be as a special for Team Stella, Team New Wars. And we will have a look at your responses and your perspectives and your viewpoints and your experiences. And we are, of course, very much looking forward to have you join us. 
So, quick recap. Wednesday and Sunday are specialist topic episodes. And we will still be doing our Friday follow-up as usual and listening to your responses to the question posed to you last week, which was, does my horse love me or not? And now, on with the story of the curse of Tutankhamun. I left you on Friday at the point when I was done. Absolutely broken, finished. Seven years old, distraught, heartbroken at the monstrous behaviour of my dream pony, Tutankhamun. The face of an angel, the mind of a devil. Truth be told, my resolve to see it through had been diminishing daily and was only, only just motivated by the image of my mother and her pointy left index finger. Do you know, I am convinced, absolutely convinced, that that image, that pointy, waggy finger, was the inspiration behind the Harry Potter petrifying spell. For yes, it truly petrified me. Now, on that fateful day, when I was about to confess and face the wrath of the finger, someone walked into my life. She was 14, and I am so ashamed to say I do not remember her name. But I do remember seeing her silhouetted in that bright sunshine that flooded through the barn doors, and her saying, I will help you. From that moment, to me, she was an angel, a real, live angel. And so, we will call her Angel. Now you're probably wondering what it is that she is going to do. Are you thinking she would step into a role of superiority and lunge him, work him, shape him, mould him, ride him? Oh, no, 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 no. She said, put your tack on, we're going for a hack. I glanced at my mother's face and even she raised an eyebrow. So, as per usual... I dutifully did as I was told. I fetched my tack from the tack room, tacked up my beautiful monster, and out of the barn we went. There, outside, sat astride a polar pony, was Angel. I mounted my demon, and Angel, cool as a cucumber, said to my mother, Now, bring him to me. She clipped a lead rein onto the side of his bridle, and off we went down the drive out onto the lane out onto the road that led up to the woods her polar pony marching with a big even forward stride all four reins in her left hand and in her right hand a lead rein and my pony's nose placed firmly but not unkindly against her leg the rest of his body held straight between the grass bank and the body of her polar pony. I was numb. My hands were buried in his pure white fluffy mane. And yes, I was crouching, scrunched up, poised for launch control, just waiting, waiting for that button to be pressed. Angel said, don't worry, I've got him. 
And so she did, effectively, in a headlock. And such was the pace of her polar pony, he had to trot to keep up. But that little nose never left contact with her boot, so much so that her boot became streaky with condensation from his breath as she strode us up the roads, round the lanes and through the woods and back again. Did he fight? Did he complain? No. I think he actually was as stunned as I was. We made it home, unscathed, all together, the four of us. Angel had truly shone some light at the end of our tunnel. And so this became our way forward, a reprieve from the curse of Tutankhamun and the petrifying pointy finger. Over time, riding with Angel and my much-loved Tutankhamun in a headlock, nose on boot, I began to relax again. I began to sit up straight. I began to get the feel and the rhythm of his bouncy trot strides. And we cantered on the sandy tracks in the woods, always, always with nose on boot and body in a straight line. Such was Angel's compassion. She would stop from time to time and swap him from right to left and vice versa so he didn't get a crick in his neck. Because of Angel, I now knew what my beautiful pony felt like to ride, what he felt like to trot and what he felt like to canter. It was amazing. But at some point, Angel is going to have to let us go. The summer holidays were fast approaching and Angel announced one day with great excitement that she could help us up until that point but she and her family were going abroad this year for their holidays. Full of delight, she told my parents, for my father was back now. She was explaining where they would go and how long they'd spend there and all the exciting places they would visit. I did not care. I had no idea where she was even talking about. My heart had stopped. My tongue felt like cotton wool. My throat was dry. Without Angel, how is any of this possible? It's not possible. What am I going to do? I am once again to be at the mercy of the curse. Now, just to recap, I began telling you this story by way of an explanation of my extremely bizarre and somewhat odd choices. Another bizarre choice was yet to come. Now, as children, especially in the holidays, we were all somewhat free-range we cycled to friends' houses, we met in the park to play ball games and climb on the frames and swing on the swings and all manner of fun stuff. Nothing was ever a problem, provided we were home in time for supper. So, cycling home for supper one evening, contemplating my inevitable demise, I made the most bizarre decision. Until now, losing Angel and the return of the curse 
had made my mind numb. Yet on this day, an idea popped into my head. I need bucking practice. That is it. That is the answer. It's the solution. But how? Enter Una. Una lived not too far from my home. It was about fifteen minutes cycling. She was an only child. She had no horses or pets. In fact, she actually had no interest in them at all. Her mother worked at night and slept during the day, so her house was always empty and quiet. Little did she know, but Una was just about to become my bucking practice partner. Here's how it works: the recipe. Take one willing friend, two very dense, heavyweight plush pillows, one stout leather belt, probably from father. Strap pillows firmly to chest and back with said belt. You are now the horse. As the horse, place your hands on your bed, facing it. Allow riding friend to climb. Onto the pillow on your back, and as hard as you can, jump your legs in the air and catapult your rider onto the bed for a safe, soft landing. When exhausted, swap over and become rider. And so we did. This is exactly what we did. In the solitude of Una's bedroom, we bucked each other off onto the bed. For hours and hours and hours at a time, we got more adept and stronger at bucking, and more adept and stronger at staying on. And yes, it was fun, great fun. We laughed and laughed, but we learnt. I learnt. I learnt balance. I learnt counterbalance. I learnt how to use my thighs. I learnt how to stretch my leg, how to anticipate and prepare. I learnt how to bring my shoulders back. I really don't know what benefit Una gained, but to this day, all I could do is thank her profusely. Could this work? Could this game, this game of bucking, provide the answer I needed? Well, with no angel to guide us, for she is on holiday. It's fairly likely that I will find out. Inevitably, that day will come. And so, to that day, here we are, back in the indoor school, in a lesson with other horses. Myself and Tutankhamun, we are at the back of the string of horses, because he is the smallest. We are all walking, warming up, and loosening up. I reached the first corner of the short side at the furthest end of the indoor school, and off he went, like an explosion, and we flew for the first time together down the short side to the next corner, around the next corner, onto the long side. Here 
he gathered speed and with that speed came the massive bucks won every stride I closed my eyes so tightly and then thought of Una now I could feel the movement now I had counterbalance even if only for three or four of these bucks down the long side it was a very big indoor school I might add I took my shoulders back as far as they would go stretched my legs down kept my thighs close and still bang 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 with every buck his bottom hit the back of my riding hat a roller coaster ride from hell I can tell you and then calm stillness had I come off had I hit the floor I opened my eyes what a sight there in front of me was the puffy pure white fluffy mane exactly where it should be and so was I in the saddle facing the right way one leg either side of the pony and he had stopped he was standing in the center of the school puffing somewhat from his exertions I heard people clapping and cheering one of the grooms came to me with a crop and said well done well done now take this and tell him off so I took the crop I placed it in my right hand with my reins swiftly brought forward my left hand pointed my index finger at him and said don't you ever do that to me again well let's face it what could be more petrifying and of course the million dollar question did he ever do it again could it be the curse is actually broken or is this just a new beginning well join me on Friday to find out till then wherever you are whatever you're doing take care and we will speak soon